Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Robert Glazer. Uh, Robert is the founder and CEO of the global partner marketing agency called Acceleration Partners, a massive company, over 200 employees. Uh, he's also the author of several books, including Elevate, Friday Forward, Performance Partnerships, and How to Make Virtual Teams Work. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about two things. So um, how he's using his books to, to grow his agency, how he's marketed his books so successfully, that sort of thing. Um, but then also affiliate marketing, aka partnership marketing, uh, and how you can use it to sell more books. So Robert, great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Chandler. So let's, let's start off, you know, you're running this massive company, you're scaling, <laughs> you're obviously a busy guy. Why, why books? Like, why are books such a big part of your business and such a big part of your life? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sort of happened by, I mean, our strategy very early on from a marketing standpoint was to lead in thought leadership and, and, and through thought leadership. And I think we had published, you know, some pretty controversial art, uh, articles for our industry, had sort of taken a stance on things. Um, we also really felt that the industry was uh, on the big precipice of, of change. And when we were talking about this, you know, four years ago, we we're like, look, you know, that we should really like put a book out there and say, this is our, this is our viewpoint. This is our calling card. And, and when we started, you know, thinking about that and, and, and we came up with sort of this notion of performance partnerships and, and really sat down to, to, to do that. And then I, you know, I, through that experience, I just realized what a valuable, thing kind of writing and, and content is. I also had started this note to my company, uh, which uh, every Friday, which turned into this thing Friday Forward, which a couple hundred thousand people. So just, I, I just saw the value of, of, someone once said, oh, you guys have the barbell method of selling. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, great thought leadership and great delivery. Like we never really sold a lot. Like we got a lot of referrals and we tried to like, you know, write interesting, compelling stuff that made people say, oh, I like these guys. I want to work with them. That's awesome. I was writing that down. The barbell method. I love that. So why, why thought leadership? I mean, I, I have a hunch just because I know the kind of the agency world a little bit, but why was thought leadership something that was important to you um, and, and with these books? And yeah, and then I'll ask a follow-up question. Yeah, I mean, diff different, different purposes. So I think particularly in the affiliate industry, there were a lot of misconceptions. There was a lot of like, oh, I tried this scammy otherwise. So our book actually, like the first third of our book was like, here's the sordid history of the industry. And we agree with you. So it was called the sort of, you know, it, it, the subtitle focused on the, the, the past, present and future. Um, and, and so it allowed us to sort of say, yeah, we, you know, rather than having this conversation over and over again, we say, yeah, we agree with you. Like, here's, here's what went wrong. Here's where we are today. And here's what's exciting in the future. And, and it just felt like it'd be easier to like have a platform that said that for us rather than repeating the same discussion kind of over and over again. That's smart. Uh, right before we started this interview, you were talking about there were different purposes for each book. Yeah. So you got four or five books now. Uh, what what was the purpose for each book? Like how did the, how did each one kind of fit into your strategy for your business? 
Yeah, I, I mean, Performance Partnership was a platform book for for our business. Like, frankly, like it's great if people buy it, but I don't. I, it's more important that they read it. Like, I don't care if they buy it; I'll sell it to them. We'll give them out a conference, sling it to them. Like, it's a it's a live business card for sort of how we how we think in our platform. Um, the other books I was really focused on on impact and 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 reach. And again, it wasn't necessarily money because you don't make a lot of money on a book unless you're Malcolm Gladwell uh, or or maybe Adam Grant. But you know, when I with my audience and global and reach, like actually self publishing was not not the right solution, you know, for those. Um, and and so I took very different you know strategies. Like the other books, I wanted to sell books because I wanted to get them out there. I I, I you know the the performance partnerships again. I, I I mean, it's become a training book at some companies. Like I. Anyone you know who wants to learn about our industry, I'm I'm happy to just send that send that book to them. I, I always feel like it's a you know it's a three dollar business card. That's how I look at it. And it's a three dollar business card that that they won't throw away. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah, you know, obviously it's like you give people a book and they're not going to throw it away. They keep it in their home. They keep it in their office. Every time they yeah. see it, they think of you. There, there was no book in our industry. There were a lot of wasn't a book about the industry. There are a lot of books like get rich quick in affiliate marketing, but that wasn't for merchants. So the, the thing that I didn't expect is that there's a lot of publishers and, and affiliate networks and all that stuff. And there just wasn't an industry book. They all buy it. And it's like mandatory part of their training to get people like ramped up on the industry. So I even hear on LinkedIn from reps and stuff and they're reaching out and say, hey, we just had to read your book as part of training. And so like, like, that's great. But that's yeah. a training material, you know, at, at, at partners out there. Yeah. Hey, you, you, uh, you mentioned um, the different forms of publishing. Did you self-publish all of them? Did you traditionally publish all of them? Was it um, a- I self-published the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked with a publisher uh, on the, the other two called Sourcebooks, who's, mm-hmm. who's, who's smaller. They're kind of right below the big five. And, and, and they're very flexible, actually. They're mm-hmm. willing to just test a lot of stuff and do some of the things that self-publishing giving you, like 99 cent eBooks during launch. Like most mm-hmm. publishers just won't do that. And it's yeah. a huge you know, tool to kind of get that momentum in the first couple of days. Um, so their traditional publisher and, you know, they're taking care of the, the inventory and getting it out there and I don't have to worry about um, that stuff. Uh, but, but they are definitely bring a lot of flexibility and are willing to try stuff. The other thing they were willing to do, like we put QR codes in the books, um, brought people to the website for follow-up mm. stuff. Like nice. that's a lot of stuff that tr- some traditional publishers just won't do. For sure. And what was the thought process behind self-publishing the first one? And what was the thought process behind going with source publishers to, to publish the other two? Yeah. So what I realized quickly, like with, you know, paperback and Kindle, like audio is pretty easily to just get those like globally distributed hardcover books. <laughs> it's a, it's a totally different world. So I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really want to manage all the logistics of that. As I mentioned, so for performance partnerships, we put it up there. It doesn't need to be everywhere in every country. People can get the audiobook. We warehouse them. We bring them to conferences, like because it's really tied to our business. For my other books, we're sort of personal thought leadership platform. Again, I had a day job. I realized like I really didn't want to be in that industry. I was actually kind of shocked when I self I, I I'm sure five years later it's better. But like dealing with POs from Amazon and hardcovers and warehouse, I was like, oh my God, this is like 1910, like in 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 getting these books around. I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. So I, I, I think like 
I think the folks that that do self-publishing a little bit, and they're not being misrepresenting, but when they're giving you like, hey, here's the cost structure of your of your book, like you know, for self-publishing, that's sort of like printed, but like there's warehousing, there's moving them around. We've had events canceled. It's literally more money to ship the books back than it is to give them away. So when you start, uh, you know, when you start adding all those things up, like I actually realized, well, if I want the book and I want to be like give it out, one of the things that I just negotiated for was just a really aggressive author rate. And and you can start looking at the math, you know, at that point and think about U.S. royalties versus world and say, look, I know, I know I can do these at two dollars, you know, printed, but like, you know, if it's a fifteen dollar book and I can get seventy percent off, like, and that's pretty much on demand. I don't have to handle all this other stuff. Like, is that, is that worth it to me? That's nice. That's cool. Um, so how, how I want to just briefly touch on writing and then I want to go into a lot yeah. of marketing stuff and partnership stuff. You're running this massive company that's scaling quickly. Like how do you have the time to write these books? Any tips for other people who are very busy running yeah. scaling companies, like how they could find the time to, um, to write a book? Well, I worked with Scribe on the first two books uh, we talked about. And I think, you know, that was helpful to understand that process. And since then, they've actually made the whole process available for free. Like if you mm-hmm. want to read the whole book and go through it and, and, and like you've got a lot of great stuff. It's just a matter of, of, of time. But I think like anything, after I did it one or two times, um, I, I sort of got it. I, I think the big thing is a lot of us, this is true for goal setting. And I think book is one of those. A lot of us sort of picture this Mark Twain go to a cabin for five weeks and a book pops out. That's really not how most books get written. I think it is like, figure out your outline, figure out your order. And then like some, some momentum thing of like a thousand words a week, a hundred words a day, like that to me, that's just how it gets written. I have like really good editors I work with. And I like having this assembly line of like, I write, send for editing, write the next one, get that one back. And it's kind of like this ongoing assembly line. I try to write and edit by chapter rather than like write the whole book and then edit it because sometimes like the edits aren't just copyright they're structural or this is in the wrong place so I tend to like rather than get a whole draft out kind of really kind of edit write and edit by chapter yeah that's great now let's switch gears back to marketing have you marketed your book successfully I mean what's sold the most copies it looks like um, Elevate hit USA Today Wall Street Journal bestseller like anything that you've seen that, that you, this kind of in your playbook to selling, selling copies? Yeah. I, I, um, look, marketing is so much harder than writing the book. I think it's, and, and everyone, a couple of things you hear, you know, the thing the, when I was always interviewing people, I would ask top five, bottom 5% questions. What, what are the one or two things you did that totally blew away your expectations? And what are the one or two things that like you wasted a ton of money and, and, and look for themes on that. And each book I've gone back to my launch plan from the last one. And I'm like, what was the 80, 20? Like what, like, how do we cut out a bunch of this? So, you know, it's it's really trying to get a lot of artificial demand. I mean, for Elevate, I called in five years of favors of both both my list and cultivating that, having some urgency, going to friends, like uh, getting their help with their list. I, I, you know, made Google Docs. Like, people are lazy. So I think the easiest that you can make it for them, I'll, I'll write the article, here are the banners, here are the things. I mean, one of the things I learned from book one to book two, and I've told other authors this, like, don't kind of bother people a lot in advance of when you need them. So like, if you need something on launch week or you want people to promote on launch week, like telling them two weeks before you're going to ask them next week, telling them the next week you're going to ask them that like, just 
go for the urgency. Like, hey, it's launch day. Like, I need your help. <laughs> Here are three ways you can help. Here's the doc. I did it all for you. I mean, if you want to secure newsletters and stuff in advance or podcasts, sure. But I, but I actually think like particularly going to your list, I, I, you want to go with urgency. Like, and I think urgency is launch week. So my last book, we didn't even really go to the list until it was out. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. That's great. I love the, I love the urgency on, uh, on launch week. <laughs> I've got this great original question, Robert, that I just came up with. Uh, what were your top five and bottom five? <laughs> so if you look back, what, what were, what were like, what were the, what was the 80, 20 for your marketing plan? And then was there one or two things that you said, Hey, I, I, I wasted a lot of time on this. It didn't really convert as well as I would have liked. Um, yeah. So, so, I mean, you've probably heard this, but like, PR is not going to sell books <laughs> at all. I, I, it can help you with speaking. It can help you with credibility. But I think, you know, understanding specifically the PR that would work and not work. Like I already had a lot of press. I didn't need volume. So I, I really kind of tried to narrow down the strategy. But PR does not sell books. You'll hear everyone say that. But what's tricky is you might have someone who it helps them get a $30,000 speaking gig. So I, you got to, again, understand your uh, motivation I think with a lot of things, it just came down to quantity versus quality of, of, you know, going to the four or five people that had lists, you know, and getting them to do things. We did something with Blinkist that seemed to work uh, really well. And, and I've just gotten really religious about podcasts around, you know, asking the tough questions about their audience. Um, and, and look, everyone comes up with some made up statistic and I always beat up the PR firms. They're like, you know, Chandler wants you on a show and he has 10,000 listeners. And I'm like, that's not a stat. Like, what is that? <laughs> how, how many downloads, how many downloads per episode? You know, if you're going to do, if you're going to do podcasts, you want to make sure that people are on the other end. And I think a lot of the podcast hoax aren't very honest or, or I would say kind of intentionally vague about their, about their uh, audience. So you can see the spike. So I, I just got a lot more specific around, is this, is it either a dead-on demographic? It, does it does it have volume? Is it the right people? I think when you're first doing it, you just get excited to get on podcasts. And look, if you haven't been on any before, you got to kiss some frogs before you can get to the the prints, and you got to do some of the 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 B ones. Um, I think the other thing is that, that that works. It's just a lot of work. Is you know, if you speak or you do something like that, building a package, trading it for books, building all that up, and then getting it bought and launched during uh, launch week. So it is, you're trying to artificially take six or nine months of demand and, and redirect it into those first couple of weeks. Mm, got it. Those are great tips across the board. You mentioned the thing uh, with Blinkist um, that worked well. What was that? Um, it was like a Blinkist minute where they did kind of a thing on new books or kind of mm. like a, a, a couple minute thing. Um, they sort of had a new book uh, launch thing. Um, so that was pretty effective, but it was even like from my second to third book, we went back and looked at, oh, which newsletters move the needle, which podcasts mm -hmm. move the needle, like 
I asked 10 people to do the same thing and two had success with it. Uh, so it was just really going back and evaluating uh, what worked. I, the other thing that I just don't think works is, and I've heard it is, you know, even like paid Amazon and paid, so like you can't measure any of these things. You can't get conversion data. Um, so, so it's really hard. What, what, what does work is these news, you know, if you have a discounted book, there are newsletters you can sign up for that email a bunch of people about discounted books. You can try to do those all on the same day. And that moves a lot of volume. Again, you're not going to make money, but it moves volume, moves the list. But I just, I haven't heard anyone say that they crushed it with paid search or with Amazon paid marketing, or I I, I think it, it's very hard to do any sort of paid marketing without conversion data. We're not during, well, so I, and I, th- I think this probably has changed since you self-published, but um, so the, so now there is really good data inside Amazon and you can use it, but it's this it's not a launch week thing, right? It's yeah, the yeah. post-launch like, okay, we're right. going to consistently Well, yeah, sell. we're going to, we're going to, well, I want to be shown yeah. next to this book or yes. otherwise, or yeah. Amazon, you can get data, but you can't, yes. if you want to do Facebook ads or whatever, no. but you're, and you're selling into Amazon, you won't know what your conversion rate was. You won't, so you won't yeah. be able to know what a good yeah. ad was. You'll know what your click rate was, but you won't yeah. know what your conversion rate yeah. was. Hundred percent, which I think is a huge flaw, and 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 you know the the upside to, to Amazon is that you you actually have those conversion tracking data. Yeah. Um, the downside you stay is on the Amazon yeah. advertising platform, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If if it's strictly so, the downside is that you don't own the lead. The upside is that you do have the conversion data, and then probably the other downside is um, it's just tougher to scale. Yeah. Because there's less inventory than say running the, through Facebook or elsewhere. The other, the actually, the other practice that's really helped in the long run, which is super simple, admin, I took this from um, Michael uh, Bungay Steiner, who wrote the, the coaching habit. He's got a great article on how he, he self published almost a million copies now. And he's like, here's my playbook. But um, researching uh, 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 writers who had written reviews about similar books, reaching out, offering them a copy of the book, following up like the hit rate's pretty high, like 20 to 30% of just getting books out to authors. So I think it's this, you know, running your own lookalike audiences, like what other podcasts have people been on? What other books are they running? Like get them a list. Someone just told me today, she asked for all of the, the, the podcast outreach and, and pr- sorry, all the press outreach where the PR firm had not heard back. She gave it to her EA, told them to follow up with a direct tweet, you know, offering a copy of the book and saw a, 50% conversion ratio on no that way. On, on that list. So wow. yeah, I mean, some of it's just follow up, but not follow up. Like, did you get the thing from last week? Like that's <laughs> like, I mean, you get all these, like it's first it's a form letter, then it's a form yeah. letter of the form letter. Then it's a, like, like, even if it's a template to be personalized, like spend five minutes on, I saw you wrote a review on this book or this yeah. episode of the podcast, just because yeah. I mean, you've been on the inbound side of these. There's so much formulaic crap that it actually doesn't take that much to rise above it. Like if you send me yes. a request to be in my podcast and it actually has one font color and size, like you're, you're, you're yeah. already ahead of the game. Like most yeah. of them look like they were cut a and paste. Like without any, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've gotten that. I, you know, so-and-so Robert Rich would love to be on insert podcast name here. Like, yeah. <laughs> awesome job there. I hope that's working for you times, times a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I do, that I think not a lot of people talk about is a LinkedIn request with yeah. a message. And just talk about a blue ocean. Most people have, or well, at this level, a lot of us, a lot of people have executive assistants filtering their email, but they don't have people filtering their 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 LinkedIn. 
Right? Yeah. And so it's just like that small thing um, rises above the noise in a lot of cases. And I can get, you know, big podcast guests, things like that. I'm just like, Hey, yeah. I need 45 minutes. I'll make it super easy. I'll schedule around your calendar, like all that stuff. And right. it works. And just make it, make it personal. Uh, yes. Again, I, I, the subject of my Friday forward this week is called scaling lazy. And it's like taking a crappy process and scaling it, you know, doesn't just produce this crappy result. You don't get incremental benefit of doing something really bad at a high velocity. Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit and then I want to, you know, jump to some affiliate marketing stuff. So you mentioned going back and seeing what was effective from previous launches. How do you, speaking of the track, kind of the tracking conversation that we, uh, that we were talking about, how do you track that? Or how do you, how do you It's a little qualitative and quantitative. So, so for example, let's say you're on a podcast. There's some podcasts that expect you to be on the podcast, tell them what they want you to talk about, and then do all of the marketing. I'm like, well, wait, why do I want to be on your podcast? I think you can see like there was one or two we were on, man, they did weeks of marketing of it, like 20 different, you know, uh, creatives, video messages. Like you almost can just afterwards, you would almost have a spreadsheet and say, all right, how was the actual process of getting on it? But then just to remind yourself, like, did you see that marketing on social after they doing stuff where they were like hoping that you were going to market it to your base um so, so so it's a and did you see you know when when did you know look someone should do an amazon sort of podcast i was saying integration to like your podcast stats thing of like can, can i you know sometimes you didn't notice it i'm like oh like because you record months in advance right book spiked this week um this podcast released like i don't have perfect data but like that's pretty good correlation so Right. If you have your whole spreadsheet of the ones you've been on, I would put some stuff on the right, which is months later. Like, did we see a sales uptick? Did they market it? Like, was it, you know, and, and, and try to, you know, take a look at that. If you're sending people newsletters, you know, toward to affiliate marketing, you know, try using a tracking link or set up something if you can do that. And then, and then you can at least have a sense of like, which ones had volume. Nice. That's great. I'm switching gears a little bit. So obviously, you know, Acceleration Partners, you guys are, uh, you know, one of, if not the world's leading partner marketing agency or affiliate marketing agency. So uh, for starters, just let's pretend I have no clue what this is. Yeah. Like what is affiliate and partnership and dad, marketing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Partner marketing, which is sort of known as affiliate, but it's become more expansive is a really simple thing. Instead of playing for a click or an impression, you know, or, or, or a sponsor, you are paying for an outcome. So, so the publisher is taking some risk and, you know, they're either, you know, you track it through and they get paid for a sale or they get paid for a lead or something like that. That is conversion based. So you're building a digital business development program with lots of partners, but but it's eat what you kill. So it's it's a great model for anyone selling anything because you pay for the marketing after you get the the sale. And I think a lot of look, Amazon's got one of the biggest affiliate programs in the world. If you were talking about this before the show, but if you host a podcast and you have a guest on and you link to their book, you should do it through Amazon's affiliate program. And then not only do you get X percent of the book, but if they buy anything else from Amazon during that session, you you get a percentage of it. So it, it's really just a form of digital uh, business development. And we help um, large brands set up programs that have partner programs that have hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of partners doing this on a regular basis. It's basically enabled by technology that does all this tracking and handles all the payouts and stuff that would have otherwise been in spreadsheets, 
you know, before I could say, Hey Chandler, like tell people to do this and I'll give you a code. And then once a month I'll go in and pull the codes and then I'll send you a spreadsheet. And then you send me an invoice and then I send you a check. All of that happens like in real time, payment tracking, all of that stuff through a software or a, net, or a network. Yeah. Got it. And so can you walk us through like, how did you, or have you used affiliates and partnerships to promote your books? And then, yeah. and then how can authors um, do, you know, kind of use partnerships and affiliates to sell more books? Yeah, look, if you have your own cart uh, or, or, or something like that, or it's on Shopify, you know, you could, there's probably a direct affiliate program. If not, you'd want to direct people to sign up for the Amazon affiliate program and say, hey, look, if you're not part of this, you can sign up here. Every time you link to it, um, you do that. You can also be an affiliate of your own book on your own website and you get some great, you can create separate tracking links and say, look, how many am I selling now? You know, we were talking about before, like you weren't, you're not getting data from Amazon, like assuming that that person doesn't want their own link, if you send out a newsletter versus a website versus had it here, you could set up three different links, you know, in the system. And then you could say, oh, which one is producing more uh, clicks and sales? Uh, if you have some sort of course or something that goes with it, most of the course platforms have affiliate marketing. Um, it, if you want like a, 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 a very manual way of doing it. Anything that allows a coupon code, you could clearly go to and say, Chandler, like, here's a coupon code for, you know, uh, you know, and, 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 and I'm going to go in and look at your codes and I'm going to pay you out based on them. Right. I mean, that's, that's the very old unscalable way to do it, but, but sometimes it's good to start with an unscalable way. And then if you have a hundred partners that want to do that, then focus on making it scalable. Got it. And so there's Amazon tracking codes for, obviously sending people directly to, to Amazon. And then there's- Barnes and Nobles has an affiliate program, like all the all the bookstores, uh, bookshop.org does. So you could sign up for all those programs or you could encourage someone who you're asking to do a newsletter otherwise and say, hey, just so you know, when you're, when you're linking to the book, like you can sign up for any of these programs, you can make a cut of this book or anything else that they buy. Got it. And then what, can you speak to, what are the advantages of uh, selling your book off platform and setting up referral programs there? Yeah, I, I mean, the people that are setting up off platform are usually, you know, trying to make, you know, looking at just more margin. So I, again, I think that's the question of, or they're trying to bulk orders together to make a list like they're pre selling and they do it on their website to collect the money and then they want to place the orders. It, it just depends on your goal and understanding yeah. like the, how much work you want to do. You know, for most people, like I think Amazon and Apple and whatever, like let them do the fulfillment and, and, and distribution. But I, I, I've actually, I know a lot of authors like Michael, a lot of people have their own cart, but, but again, then you're managing, you can make more money, but you're managing warehouse and operations and logistic partners. It, it, it for sure. I, I think you just got to be clear on your, on your goal. Right. Yeah. And again, what do you, what do you want from it? Begin with the end in mind. I yeah. I love always, end. always, always yeah. quote, quote that phrase. Like yeah. to me, I mean, I keep the performance partnership. It's 99 cents up on, on Kindle now, like just, just to get maximum uh, exposure. I, I, I get it, It's more important to me that people buy and they read the book, then they buy it for 99 cents versus yeah. 4.99. Yeah, for sure. A couple of final questions on, so we, we're talking about kind of like the logistics, the X's and O's tracking, all that stuff. Let's kind of throw that to the wayside and just think about holistically partnerships as a whole. Yeah. How do you, how do you look at, at, at partnerships to, to sell more books. I mean, I know there's like, you're, you're doing podcast stuff. You're like any other applicable things for folks of like, how could, how they can approach partnerships to, to sell more books. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the other thing is, is, 
you can you can come up with anything, right? The other thing you can focus on are who are the people in your book? Do they have a vested interest in your book? Can they help you pre-buy some, sell some? Uh, I, you know, I've done that a few times. I mean, I because I've had people in my book who you know were very incentivized for that book to get out there. They were featured or case studied. So 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 getting them in there, going to their demographic. I think I, I think there's always ways to partner by just seeing like what's the value to the other person. Um, you know, going to an or, going to an organization offering to you know anytime around launch most of the speakers i know will you know do free speaking free workshop based on a certain purchase level or or something that they're willing to do for the, for the organization so I, I i think there's a lot of opportunities the question is again if if, if you're trying to do something 100 times then you probably need to focus on it being scalable if you're trying to do something big a couple times then you can create some custom partnership uh, for it but you know, I have, I'm working on this launch, you know, there's a case study in the book that, that um, someone, you know, wants future clients to see it. So they're, you know, they're, they're buying it. And then I'm offering to do a webinar for their clients or, you know, anything like that. Like I just focus mm -hmm. on trying to add value, particularly at the volume level. That's smart. And I, and I think that's a good, good place to close the chapter on this, this piece of the interview, which is a question that you, you said, Robert, that seems so obvious, but I feel yeah, like and yeah. on this subject, no, so many people lose sight of this, which is what's the value to the other person. Totally. Yeah. And if you want to think about partnerships, if you want to think about affiliates, if you want to think about get, getting on podcasts, getting people to promote your book or your business or whatever else, it's start that it starts with that question. That's not like, and that should be part of your five. pitch. Not, not why is it good for me, but why is it good for you? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's, it'll be much more compelling. And it's also, it's, it creates win wins. It creates velocity, momentum, all those things. So start with that question. If you're thinking about affiliates and partnerships. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't talk about this. This is non sequitur. You made me think of it. I mean, one of the, as you're writing your book, and you're doing case studies and you're doing references and you're doing interviews think about the people that can put people in your book that can help you be successful like it's a yeah. great tactic yeah. like so um you know anyone who's got a case study showcasing their business in their book your book should be a real advocate for your book for sure yeah that's great robert this has been awesome couple of final questions um knowing what you know now i mean you've whatever it is four or five books uh another one on the way uh, what, you know, what would be your advice to Robert from, you know, five books ago and how many ever years ago and all the other Roberts that are kind of out there thinking about, uh, writing a book. Uh, don't write so many books might've been, uh, <laughs> like, I, I, but, but, but seriously, something there's been reasons and timing, but, but I do think there, Hal Elrod has really shown this. I think sometimes we over-focus on the launch and think we're done. You know, he, took him two years for that book to be successful. So I have to remember sometimes, even though there's a new one coming out, like Elevate's still going, it's not even two years old. It's going really well as a, a franchise. So I, I, I think it's just, you know, play the long game. It, it, a bad book and good momentum will fade quickly. A, a, a good book without momentum will take some while. So I, so I get trying to nail those first couple of weeks, but it has a life beyond that. If you're writing an evergreen yes. book, I, I think it's important not to just get caught up in the in the shiny new thing. Yes, I could not agree more. Um, and and I call this the Toyota Camry approach versus the, the sports car launch. It's yeah, like most people take the sports car launch approach, all this fuel energy on week one, but but create something that's going to last long term. And 
And, and even on that note, Robert, I'm just funny. I was just working on this is my book published and yeah. I, I cut a corner in it. Um, cause I, I went through and like marked up the whole book and then, you know, the deal, you get so many like of copies of your book at your house that I gave it away. And so I was like working on an update and revised version and then gave it away somehow. Oh, you gave away the one with all the notes Like I gave the, away the one that was all marked up. And so I went to like go back through and then, so now I just cut a corner. So I will know, like, do not give this copy away. But even now it's like, I could work on the next book, but instead I'm going back through my book published and I'm going to re just launch an update and revive. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've been doing with my publisher is because I had a bunch of these books a couple of years going back and looking at what did we market at the beginning and did the books reference each other and we're updating mm -hmm. the back covers right. and really trying to create more of an ecosystem. Also really do whatever you can to get a direct, particularly if you're self-publishing to get a direct relationship with your customer, you know, something yeah. that they can yeah. raise their hand, get their email, follow up with them. Like that's the biggest advantage you have from self-publishing. Yeah, for sure. Robert, this has been great, man. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you, your books and about Acceleration Partners? Yeah, so so uh, all of my stuff is now integrated at robertglazergla.com. You got the books, podcast, course, Friday Forward, everything on there. Uh, acceleration part is probably easier to Google it than try to spell it. If you Google acceleration partners, you'll find us. And uh, we have a ton of free, great resources on there. You can even download, I think the first couple of chapters of performance partnerships. If you just want to understand more about affiliate marketing and how it can help your business. Awesome. Robert, thank you so much, man. This has been awesome. Chandler. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help this podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.